Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. This is episode 110, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry with a podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. My guest today says we will never gain gender equality at work until we gain gender equality at home. Joining me on today's show is Dr. Courtney Baker. Courtney is an award-winning entrepreneur. She's the host of the podcast, Women in Business, Inspirational Stories of Women Entrepreneurs with Dr. Courtney. She's a TEDx speaker and a nationally recognized authority on women's leadership. Now, as a leadership expert, a mentor and business coach to female entrepreneurs and a mother of three, she's passionate about inspiring and empowering women to close the gender gap through entrepreneurship. Now on today's show, Courtney is going to share three things to know to go from side hustle to CEO, how to measure success in ways that really matter, as well as her story of starting her business when she was 27, pregnant and with little money. Look forward to learning more from you, Dr. Courtney. How are you? Welcome to the show. I am great. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, look, you are so very welcome. It's so, such an honor to speak with other incredible women, what they're doing in their business, the lessons, the insights that they have learned. We can learn so much from one another. And I love the fact that, you know, we're, we're doing this from opposite ends of the planet. You are in, well, I'm in Melbourne. And, and where are you calling in from today? Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Well, fantastic. Let's talk about three things to know to go from side hustle to CEO. So first of all, um, to go from side hustle to CEO, one of the things that people always say is follow your passion. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I say screw your passion, (laughs) solve a problem that pisses you off. Mm -hmm. And um, we we can talk about my research and how I even got into mentoring. But basically, I was solving a problem that really made me mad. Um, Research, according to Lean In, along with McKinsey and Company, said that we are more than 100 years away from gender equality at the sea level. Wow. And that, I mean, I have two daughters who are 11 and 15, and, and frankly, that's not good enough for them, and that's not good enough for me either. So um, I am now mentoring female millennial entrepreneurs to help them start and scale their own service-based businesses because, like I said, it really upset me. But the other thing about starting a business to follow your passion is 
that you burn out on your passion mm. and it's not something that you can easily go back to and really find that joy and purpose when you've made your your day job your hobby you yes, know yeah you know sometimes uh when you start your business because something has really peeved you off pissed you off uh, it becomes your your passion and if i think back for why i started women in leadership and a lot of the, the work that i did my former background was a, as a career coach and hearing women who were applying for similar roles they struggled with negotiation in the interview process there was an a, an article here written and this is going to absolutely peeve you off it, it was of a CEO of a very large company they didn't name the name but they said that they typically offered women less at the interview stage because they knew that women wouldn't negotiate whereas men would so typically women would just accept the figure that they were given and I was there what this is ridiculous and so it, it is so true that and that was one of the reasons why I started you know the podcast but to hear other women share their stories and journeys and insights so that women could become far more um, confident in in their approach and so I love the work that you're doing as, as well so true so okay start off with what really peeves you off so that you can really be bring a solution to that particular problem love it what what other things do we need to be mindful of well two is like you just said is find your tribe find the people in your corner who will support you and encourage you on your journey because so many, I mean, you probably know entrepreneurship, especially as women can be very lonely. Mm. Um, it is, it is a lonely road as it is. A lot of times we're working from home on our own. And, um, so finding a tribe to really build you up and encourage you and help you get those voices in our head out of our head and really shine a light into what is possible is vital. Mm. Yes. Speak a little bit into this because I'm sure that there are people that we want to have in our tribe and then there are people that we do not want to have in our tribe. How do we know the difference? And one of the things that I have, have uh, and I've struggled with this myself too sometimes, is putting up boundaries. And if, you know, if someone is not supporting us and actually can sometimes in their words speak, speak things over us that will inhibit us, that will help us. Uh, you know, fester these self-beliefs and those inner critic, you know, the inner critic, that's not helping us. So what are some things I'm sure you've got some insights to be able to share here too? Absolutely. And according to my research that I did for my doctoral degree, I found that, you know, we hear of the glass ceiling and I wrote a book. It's actually called Unlimited Conquering the Myth of the Glass Ceiling because I don't believe that it exists. Mm. Instead, if we see our journey as a maze or a labyrinth and realize that there, according to my research, is there's four main challenges that women are going to go through when advancing their careers and know that those are going to be the turns in our maze and we're going to have to create strategies to get beyond those turns, then the power becomes in our hands. And actually you just hit the nail on the head on two of those challenges that my research identified one was gender-based discrimination mm -hmm. now i went into the research really thinking and i probably shouldn't have but it was going to be the good old boys that were holding us back 
And really, Anne-Marie, the more often than not, it was other women who mm-hmm. were responsible for holding other women back on their journeys. And then the, the other out of the four, the other one that you just t- uh, touched on was confidence and how many women lacked confidence in themselves. And that spurred their jealousy in dealing with other women. Yes, yes. You know, as you're sharing that, it reminds me of a conversation that I had with two women that left corporate and were now uh, starting up a collaboration business where they were helping other up-and-coming women leaders, so younger women leaders in in the corporate space. And one of the questions that I asked them, and they truthfully answered this, so I'm really glad that they did, but when I said to them, what, what, what do you think is the reason that stops other women supporting other women and they said you know what when we look back over our careers when we first got started we were not as supportive in actual fact we kept our secrets very close you know very very close to our chests and the reason that they gave was because the opportunities were quite limited or they assumed so and they didn't want to share and so now they wanted to, to really break through those barriers to become more supportive but it's true isn't it you just need to sometimes view observe and listen to the conversation that women have online we can be our own worst enemies for other women and I think that's really really unfortunate that's something that peeves me off let's get support (laughs) let's lift every other woman up someone you know we have a saying here in the Australia and you may have heard of it it's called the tall poppy syndrome and that's when anyone starts to rise above we need to chop them down now I say you know what let's all be tall poppies let's lift everybody up because to do so we recognize there's so much opportunity for everyone we just need to be able to see it recognize it and then take the steps to to enable us to achieve that but I I have to agree it's something that I've seen too absolutely and Anne-Marie you're so right because if you and I are both going out you know let's say we're in corporate America and we're going out or corporate Australia (laughs) and we're going out after the same job and I go to you and I say Anne-Marie I think that you're qualified I'm qualified may the best person win and let me support you on your journey and you support me then who are you going to remember when you get that job Mm. you're going to remember me and you're going to lift me up as you climb yes yes so true. One of the things that I heard, uh, and then I'm going to ask you, what are the other two uh, two common barriers that you saw in your research? I heard a situation where a woman was on a board. She uh, recommended the name of another woman who was also then given a board, a seat on the board, and that new person, the seat on the board, had the the interview. You know, the person who invited her to come on the board fired or, or eliminated from the team, and she just couldn't believe it. Now, things like that, I think, yeah. You know, we really need to speak up against and say, look, we have to support one another. And I love, and you've you've probably heard of the saying too, where I think it was Clinton, Hillary Clinton would say to other women, when we're speaking around the boardroom, we need to take a step back and encourage the conversation because quite often when there were other men around, the conversation, mm-hmm, and then the, the conversation would kind of go over the top or another topic. But other women around the table, make sure that you also speak and say, let, let, let's let her speak a little bit more. That's a really great point we have to you know support and and be at the forefront to do so yes yes absolutely and having those conversations where you know if someone is trying to take credit for somebody else's accomplishments say you know I I really think that that when 
Anne Marie did that. It was incredible too. And I, mm. I remember when she stood up and she did that, you know, and, and really deflecting it back so that you can give proper credit where credit is due. Yes, so true. So you've mentioned other women, sadly, um, can be a barrier, confidence, self-confidence. Uh, I think we can all recognize that. What are the other two uh, factors that became very much apparent in, in your research? So the first one was family obligations. Mm -hmm. I mean, growing a family and growing a career, that's no secret. It's tough. Um, the second one was limited advancement opportunities. But so many times it's because we don't throw our name in the hat for those advancement opportunities and let our supervisor or our manager know that that's something that we want to mm. um, aspire to do. Yes. I think too that that limited advancement and not putting our names forward can also be around the self-confidence too. As women, we can often put the bar and expectate of the bar of expectations so high, there is just no way that we can ever achieve that. Uh, we certainly would not do that to our family members, our children, you know, those closest to us. So why would we do that for ourselves? I remember a story, Courtney, where I heard of a woman who was in the corporate arena and she was approached by one of her uh, senior managements and said, we've got this role going, you haven't applied, why not? She said, well, I looked at the description and there are a number of things that I've not really had much experience on. He said, put your application in because you were exactly this person that we were thinking when we created the job description and some of the people that have applied, which were men, uh, had less than half of the things that were noted that as women, we so often put the bar way too high of expectations on our Ourselves. Do you would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And there was a study done not that long ago by Hewlett Packard that found that when a job description was posted, if a man had attained or felt confident in about 60% of those roles and responsibilities, mm -hmm. he would apply for the job. But women still questioned whether or not they were competent if even if they met a hundred percent of the responsibilities it's exactly what you just said yes so true true so okay so three things to know as a side hustle to a ceo uh, i think you've mentioned a, a couple already but are there some other aspects that we haven't discussed yet in that particular point well and something that you just talked about finding a mentor and someone who has gone down the road that you aspire to go down is crucial because you don't have to go it alone. And, you know, when I started my business, Kids Care Home Health um, in 2003, it, it was me with 10 patients and I had no idea what I was doing. I was pregnant. I, I was, you know, fairly newly married. I was 27. So, you know, I knew everything <laughs> <laughs> at that time. And, you know, if I had had a woman reach out to me or even had someone in my corner and said, let me help you. Let me show you the ropes. Um, then things would have been so much easier. But instead my, my experience was that I had the, the mean girls, um, mm. and I hired them and they stole from me. You know, I mean, <sighs> it's just, there's so many complicating factors, but find the people kind of like what you just referenced of, 
finding the right people in your corner to allow to have the privilege of being in your corner. Mm, yes. And being very mindful about who you share your vision, your, you know, your dreams and aspirations to, because sometimes um, they can be shut down by external voices too. And it's like, I don't know, and you've, you've alluded to this, um, Dr. Courtney, and I, I know I've got a lot, my inner critic, she'll shut that down before it even gets to the point of pen and paper. So I don't need other people to speak that into my life either. So, uh, so very important. One of the things that you often talk about is measuring success in ways that matter. I'd love to hear some more about this. Well, and the ways that matter to you. So your success may be um, defined by how much time you get to spend at home with your family. My success may be measured by how much time I get to travel. So someone else's may be based on their dollar signs, you know, or, or, or their bank account, you know, but, but knowing that your success does not have to be measured in terms of financial necessarily and being okay with that. So Mm. knowing your measure of success and knowing that it's your chosen method, I don't think that every woman has to be a CEO. And and I think that a lot of times people hear my message about, you know, because I, I have a program called From Side Hustle to CEO. Mm. I don't I don't think that every woman has to be a CEO to be achieved or accomplished or or that needs to be her measure of success but know what your measure of success is and what you're working for yes it's so true one of the things that happened recently here in australia and i believe you in the u.s are just starting to to get it ramp up and that was we had a, a a national election and my goodness i'm glad that that's over now uh, however what happened was that one of the parties that the, the party that wasn't successful uh they then needed it needed to have a change of leadership and a number of people were put forward but one in particular was of a woman who had been doing some great things but she she declined and she said look when I looked at all of the, the the things that are going on in my life my family needs me this is the season of my life where I want to commit and you should have heard the criticism that came out but I thought to myself good on her she you know weighed up the options she made a decision based on what was right for her. And I love that because so often as women, we don't have those clear boundaries. We don't have the clear, you know, what is important for me in my life. And, and for her, it was their family. And therefore we let, again, other people's opinions, uh, we let that sway us, but we have to stand firm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And one of the other things that I always talk about is guard your yes, yes. because your yes is your most precious gift that you can grant somebody, mm-hmm. whether it's your time, your money, your attention, your whatever. And so when you guard your yes and really give it when you're able to commit, then you honor that, but it's honored on the up to reciprocate that as well. Yes. And one of the things that I heard, I can't recall who it was from, and maybe it's a book, but no is a complete sentence. We don't have to validate why it's a no. Uh, how true that is. I, I, I'm one of those people that struggled with no, but I'm thankfully through mentors and and uh, years, uh, I have now been quite comfortable in doing and so and saying no. This is something else we can struggle with as women because we're trying to be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And then when you're, when you do that, you're not you to you, the one person that matters most. And I have a theory that confidence really comes at the intersection of the courage to know your purpose and the faith to walk in that purpose. Mm -hmm. And that means your purpose to know exactly and honor your boundaries and, and have the faith to um, stand up for you when it matters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. One of the things that I have learned, and it's only been through time, and that is really around your identity and being okay with who you are. And I think that that comes through uh, not being swayed by others' opinions. And, and as you say, at the intersection between, you know, that purpose and, and faith, so often we negate who we are, our strengths, our gifts, our unique ta talents that we can do so well. And by doing so, I think we limit the opportunity to grow our confidence because so often other people can recognize in us our uniqueness, but we can't in ourselves. I want you to speak a, bit, a little bit about that if you could, because I think when we recognize some of our innate strengths, and allow them to, to shine and, and grow those strengths. That is when our confidence can grow, but that is also when we can shine within the workplace, whether we're in our own business or in, in corporate. Would, would you say that that's a fair assumption? Oh, absolutely. It's knowing where you're gifted. And, and, you know, I think that's why something like the Strengths Finders is so valuable to know where you're gifted and where your um, uniqueness lies mm -hmm. so that you capitalize on those things. Yes. But you know, Anne-Marie, when it comes down to it, I feel like so many of us, you know, if you think about planning a vacation, you know exactly where you're going, when you're going, who you're going with, you know, you know, the what, why, when, where, who, how, all of that. But so many of us walk through life without a clear destination and goal and, mm -hmm. and defined purpose. And no wonder we walk through life with a lack of confidence because we're just kind of going through willy nilly. So yes. I think it's also knowing your strengths, but knowing a purpose of how you want to accomplish the things you want to accomplish at the end of the day. Yes, yes. I think self-awareness and understanding what is very unique about us, our strengths, gifts, and, and then what, what is it that we want to make an impact uh, within can be one of the greatest gifts. And, and thankfully, when I uh, was going in my career or developing in my career practice, a lot of the tools such as, you know, Myers-Briggs and Strength Finder and, and other um, of these assessments I had to learn those so that I could 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 then become certified and help clients. So we had to do self-assessment. I learned so much. Uh, and so, so many of the things that I would compare myself to others, why can't I do that? I mean, just recently in the last few years, I did the Colby A. I don't know if you've heard of that. And I realized I was a quick start. And, and that's why I love new projects. I love challenges and problems. But then when things get, you know, when, when things do get systematized and structured and flowing smoothly, I'll often create my own chaos because that's when I click into action. And once I realized that, I thought, you know what? I need someone who was 
a follow through, someone who loves those systems and will see them to a T because I'll muck that up and I'll become my own bottleneck. But once you realize that, then you don't compare yourself to other people, but rather, you know what, she's brilliant at that. And, you know, God bless her because I need her on my team. But so often we look and we compare and we allow ourselves to be put down because of that. And uh, I think embrace everyone's differences and, and strengths and then hire them or, or, or outsource to them because they can support you. Um, I love. Anyway, that I don't know if you've heard of the Colby A assessment. I haven't. No, but it's so funny that you bring that up because I often categorize entrepreneurs into two camps. We're either builders or sustainers ah, and you're a builder yeah, yeah, and so am I yes. and we get it excitement and energy from the whole like mucked up process that yes. you know when it, it's smooth sailing we go mm, this is kind of boring yes and that's that's really and we'll make our own we'll make our own uh, muck up won't we yes that's we will <laughs> And all of the builders know exactly what we're talking about and, and, yeah. and all of the sustainers are going, I don't know what they're talking about. Well, we need yeah. sustainers. Ew. Yeah, Ew, we do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and that really segues beautifully into the last point that you want to talk about, your personal story, starting a business when you were 27, pregnant with little money. That sounds like a builder uh, attribute. <laughs> Let's just take it all on. Share a little bit more about that because someone may be experiencing that uh, right now with different different, different pressures and, and things going on in their life. Share a bit more. Sure. So I am a speech pathologist by training and I really, I had worked at a company for about four months. And in that time, I just got really tired of being an undervalued employee. And I decided, I looked around and I was like, you know what, I could do this myself. And so um, I had no clue what I was doing. And it was right after September 11th in the US. Mm. And um, my husband had been laid off. I mean, all the Wow. chips were stacked against us for this to work. And, um, I just took the leap and I had no idea, um, anything about business. And that's one of the biggest things that I want women to hear is that you, you can figure it out along the way. You don't have to have a perfect plan, a perfect business strategy, and, and you can, you can figure it out along the way. And one of the the things that, um, you know, we look at like the iPhone 10 versus the iPhone 4, they didn't launch with a 10 and say, wait, 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 until mm -hmm. we have a 10. They launched at a 4 and perfected it and made pivots along the way to make it better. And so many women, it's that confidence piece where we get paralyzed into inaction. And, um, you know, and that company like I said, I had 10 patients and today we have nearly, well, we have about 550 employees. We've wow. serviced over 45,000 children with special needs over the 16 years almost we've been in mm -hmm. business. And, you know, there's, there's hope in that dream. Mm -hmm. So keep it alive. Yes. One of the things that uh, I was talking about just in my previous conversation, so this would be uh, the, 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 
previous episode, so episode 109, where I was speaking to someone who'd been in business for 21 years. Now, that longevity requires a lot of key foundations. And of course, you've now said 16 years. And so often, I think as business owners, we can give up when we don't see success straight away. Now, you've you've already mentioned, and I, I love what you've said, you know, measure success in your way. What are your terms? But as far as business growth are concerned, what would be some insights that you've learned along the way that have helped you build a sustainable business where you are now making such an impact in the lives of, of patients and, and clients? What would you say are some key insights that have helped you build that, that strong business um, foundation and, and obviously sustainable business? Well, it's something that you actually referenced a minute ago, but it was hire for your weaknesses. Mm. When I first started, I hired everybody who looked like me, thought like me, (laughs) was a builder like me. Mm -hmm. And um, when I realized, you know, if you have, and my husband actually said this, he said, if you have four people in a meeting and they all think the same, three of them aren't needed. Mm. And I realized in that instance that he was so right. I needed to open myself up to ideas and concepts and different ways of thinking because that's how we would grow. So it's really by surrounding myself with a team of people who all complement each other. Yes. So true. Uh, otherwise, that would have been one meeting. Can you imagine the ideas <laughs> that would come out from having builders around the room, uh, oh around the boardroom? <sighs> that would be a huge mess. <laughs> yes. We would build, but we had no idea where we were going. Yeah, we were but, just building. Yeah. But, but similarly, you can have people who are all sustainers um, that, you know, really don't, um, well, that they, they've got gifts and strengths in their own way too, but they need the builders. It really goes to show that we need a community. We need to surround ourselves with other people. And some of those people can um, go quite against your normal natural style. Like if I'm sitting with someone who's more of a sustainer and it's like, I have to slow my, Anne-Marie, settle down. You can get back into your visionary, you know, that creation state. But this is so very important. And uh, that can be some of the triggers that for us can be the greatest insights into where our business, the the weakness in our business. And what's that saying? Um, You know, you are only as strong as your weakest link. You're only as strong, your business growth is only as strong as the weakest link or the person that you need to have in your business. And uh, I think that that's uh, such a great insight to to finish the show off on. Uh, Courtney, how can people get in contact with you? We've already mentioned that you've got a a podcast, Women in Business, Inspirational Stories of Women Entrepreneurs with Dr. Courtney. But how else can people connect with you? Sure. They can find me on my websites, CourtneyBaker.com and Courtney has no U. Um, it's C-O-R-T-N-E-Y. And then, or they, if they'd like, they could email me Courtney at CourtneyBaker.com. And then on all social media, I'm at Dr. Courtney. Fantastic. And we'll put all of the links on the show notes as well. Thank you so much once again for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? 
Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.